The subject matter contained in this presentation is based on biblical principles and designed to give you accurate and authoritative information with regard to the subject matter covered. It is provided with the understanding that neither the presenter nor the broadcaster is engaged to render legal, accounting, or other professional advice. Since your situation is fact-dependent, you may wish to additionally seek the services of an appropriately licensed legal, accounting, real estate, or investment professional. No one can serve two masters. He will either hate the one and love the other, or be devoted to one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and mammon. Therefore I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you shall eat or drink, or about your body, what you will wear. Is not life more than food, and the body more than clothing? Look at the birds in the sky. They do not sow or reap. They gather nothing into barns, yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are not you more important than they? Can any of you by worrying add a single moment to your lifespan? Why are you anxious about clothes? Learn from the way the wildflowers grow. They do not work or spin, but I tell you that not even Solomon in all his splendor was clothed like one of them. If God so clothes the grass of the field, which grows today and is thrown into the oven tomorrow, will he not much more provide for you, O oh, you of little faith? So do not worry and say, What are we to eat? Or what shall we drink? Or what are we to wear? All these things the pagans seek. Your heavenly Father knows that you need them all. But seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness, and all these things will be given you besides. Do not worry about tomorrow. Tomorrow will take care of itself. Sufficient for a day is its own evil. This is Medjinomics with a friend of Medjugorje. We have the world and we have Our Lady. The world secular, Our Lady spiritual. What is the most important thing in life? What do you value? Many people are wondering, how do we get back to the simple life? There's so many complexities with everything, how we live on a daily basis. If we were to interview somebody conservative who is secular and a source for speaking for the world, and then interview Our Lady on the most important thing in life, what would each one of them say? We know through the messages what Our Lady says, and we always hear the world what they're saying. Today we got a special metronomics at the beginning of Lent. To enter these days as never before, as Elaine said, which were entering into a period of the dawn of the secrets. That length, that time, we don't know. But Elaine said, look at the signs of the times. You think she's saying that without any reason? 
or is she purposely trying to make us be motivated to convert, to be ready for the moments of the secrets? At the beginning of the new year of 2020, as usual, there's always the ideas of getting out of debt. How do you simplify your life? There's an article called, Are You Making Your Life Difficult? 18 Ideals to Simplify Your Life in 2020. It's by a blogger. Her name's Michelle Gardner. And she writes, Learning ways to simplify your life in 2020 can completely change your life and future for the better. Trying to manage your life, especially your financial life, can be difficult in today's age. Everybody's experienced that. We know those things. She continues, By simplifying your life, you can learn how to be happier, be in more control of your life, and waste less of your valuable time and more. All of this will allow you to enjoy life even more. Before Medjugorje, People dictated where our kids were going to be at school. Where were we going to be there? If we want to go out of town, we can't take our kids out of school. Our life was dictated by work. And we were slaves. That's why she said, be more happier and be in more control of your life. Are you in control of your life? Do you even have 50% control of your life? 40%? Or even 30%? If you start evaluating these things, you're going to see your day is dictated and you have to follow it. You can't escape from it. Michelle continues, simple living is different for each person, but in general, a simplified life means that you're getting rid of extra mental and physical clutter so that you can have more time for the things that actually matter to you. Are you able to do that? Most people aren't. Now that he's coming to the world to show us that. I'm going to highlight just a few of her suggestions. Instead of focusing on the year 2020, that we focus on beginning of Lent. Because Lent is an opportunity to change. And resolutions can be made. The first thing Michelle mentions is watch less TV. TV is such a time waster. The average person watches TV for over 35 hours per week. That's like a full-time job. You think God is satisfied with that? Being a couch potato? How much prayer compared to that? Miss school, if there's any. Because TV really blocked all your time from prayer and contemplating Him. This can't please God in no way. And if you're not pleasing God, there's no way to be happy or satisfied, or be simple. Six months in the apparitions of Medjugorje, Our Lady gave advice to the visionaries, and there were just teenagers then. After they asked Our Lady about their future, she said December 8, 1981, Feast of the Immaculate Conception, it would be a good thing to give up television, because after seeing some programs, you are distracted and unable to pray. She's speaking about the future. You want to get a future? Get away from these things of the world. 
because you won't be able to discern. You won't start walking the right path because you've got a medium that's showing you the wrong way. So from that date of that message, surprisingly, February 13th, 1986, the day after Ash Wednesday, Our Lady gave this advice. This Lent, turn off the television and renounce various things that are of no value. Did you catch that? Our ladies give evaluation of things of the earth. In this case, the television. Did she allude to its value as 100%, 50%, 20%, even 1%? No. Our Lady said plainly and clearly, TV has no value, therefore renounce it. The message is worthy to be repeated. This Lent, turn off the television and renounce various things that are of no value. So you respond, she's not talking about television. No, that's the king of distractions and retributing your mind. Otherwise, she would use it as the prime example of what she's talking about that has no value. It wasn't too long after that I was in Medjugorje. Very few people had TV. And so she was talking to the village because there was an invasion being made by television. And yet the visionaries and the seers and the interlocutionists, Yelena and Mediana, was receiving words from Our Lady because of the spell of television was so powerful that Our Lady reminded them again. After the message of no value, two months later, after Lent was over, Our Lady made it clear that still to keep the TV off, not just during Lent. She explains to the prayer group, April 17, 1986, if you look at the programs, there is no longer any place for me in your hearts. That's cut and dry. No interpretation. No mitigation to it. It says what it says. Going back to Michelle, the blogger, she continues saying, Reclaiming some of that time could allow you to spend more time with your friends and family. Get outside and enjoy the world around you. We'll skip to the fourth thing she says. Don't waste time on being negative. She writes, We all have things that happen to us that turned the day from good to bad. Maybe your card wouldn't start in the morning. Having a negative reaction to these things is only natural. But it's what you do with these situations that can really impact your life. This is what Lady speaks to us about witnessing. How do you handle everything? With a smile or with a scour face? Body language speaks to all those around you. Those things that impact your life, instead of dwelling on the negative that may be occurring in your life, you can be more productive by using this time for things that actually matter. Being more positive. A hard but important way to simplify your life. Our Lady herself gave this advice almost three decades ago, May 25th, 1991. Our Lady says, change all the negatives in your life 
so that it all turns into the positive and life to witness the good news. Everybody wants to hear news. What's the latest news? What's the weather? What's going on with your neighbor? What's your family? Even gossip is news. Man has an insatiable appetite to hear these things. But a lady wants you to receive good news. Turn into the positive life to witness the good news. So getting rid of negativity will bring happiness. Are you sure about that? How do you change negative to happiness? Listen to Ali's message of March 2nd, 2018. My children, I am speaking to you. My voice is speaking to your soul. My heart is speaking to your heart. Maria was here in 1988, of course you know. And we were alone, and I asked her, Maria, Bernadette of Lourdes was told by Our Lady that I can't promise you you would experience happiness in this life. That's what we have for most of the seers and the saints. So I told her, I said, has Our Lady told you you won't be happy in this life? And she said, no, Our Lady wants us to be happy. I was surprised at that because many of the things and where my mentality was, was sorrow, Our Lady crying, all these things. But Our Lady came different to Medjugorje. She wants us to be happy. On January 26, 1984, Our Lady said, I desire to see you happy. And you know what a Lady does then? She lets this message sink in for the next three months, and she comes up in April 1984 and says, How can you not be happy? Many people aren't happy. If Our Lady's called us to be an apostles and a witness, who wants to follow unhappy people? So the mystery, the path we need to be on, is how do we discover the way of life that brings happiness? We're always pushing people to change their life, change their direction, be more in control of their life, and go toward their greater life. And many, many people, not just five or ten, large numbers of people have done that. So they write, we sold everything eight years ago. Our Lady made things happen that people around us said that things like this never happen. Nor was they referring to seeing miracles. Things changed in their life. And the other people who witnessed them couldn't believe it. They continue, Our Lady asked us to convert completely. We now live our agrarian way of life, and we have grown in holiness and true trust that God does provide for those who give him everything. It is a grace to live differently. It is never too late to change the direction of your life. We've heard innumerable people write to us like that. On January 2nd, 2012, our lady says, With motherly concern, I look in your hearts. In them, I see pain and suffering. I see a wounded past and an incessant search. I see my children who desire to be happy, but they do not know how. A lot of it is changing your heart, which bleeds over into the physical changes. Our Lady actually gives us three steps to happiness in life. February 25th, 1987. 
Surrender to the Lord your entire past. All the evil that has accumulated in your hearts. I want each one of you to be happy. But in sin, nobody can be happy. Step two, February 25th, 1987. Pray and in prayer, you shall realize a new way of joy. When the bishop asked of me to put down on paper the rule here, we named it not a rule, but a way of life. You shall realize a new way of joy, our lady said. And as to the third step, she says January 2nd, 2012, open yourselves to the Father. That is the way to happiness, the way by which I desire to lead you. God the Father never leaves his children alone, especially not in pain and despair. When you comprehend and accept this, you will be happy. Your search will end. Beautiful words. Are you happy with your life? Are you satisfied where you're going? Is things empty for you? Take those three steps to heart. Put it on paper. But some people think, oh, I want to be happy is a selfish thing. What if you don't feel happy? A major part of that is stop being negative. Who wants to be around a negative person? Everything's criticized. Everything's judged. When you're negative, you're actually going around saying, I'm not always going to be happy. Alay said on June 20th, 1985, Give me your feelings and all your problems. I wish to comfort you and your trials. Dennis Prager has a broadcast. He covers many different subjects, not just the news. And so we're going to play a clip about what he's saying about being happy. And I think what you're about to hear will be very informing to you, paralleling with the messages of Our Lady. Most people think of happiness as essentially a selfish issue. I want to be happy, and I want to be happy for me. I'd like to suggest that, in fact, happiness is far, far more than a selfish desire. In fact, it is a moral obligation. I know that most people have never thought of happiness in this way. Neither did I, to tell the truth, for much of my life. I thought that happiness, and especially the pursuit of happiness, was all about oneself. But it isn't. Whether or not you're happy, and most importantly, whether or not you act happy, is about altruism, not selfishness, because it is about how we affect others' lives. And that's what makes it a moral issue. Ask anybody who was raised by an unhappy parent whether or not happiness is a moral issue, and I assure you the answer will be yes. It is no fun being raised by an unhappy parent, or being married to an unhappy person, or being the parent of an unhappy child, or working with an unhappy co-worker. Our happiness affects others profoundly. That's why happiness is a moral obligation. We are morally obligated to at least act as happy as possible, even if we don't feel happy. People can't be guided by feelings because it is how we act that affects others, not how we feel. A good analogy to bad moods is bad breath. 
Why do we brush our teeth multiple times every day? It's not only because of hygiene, it's because we want to present good breath to anybody who we come into contact with. Well, the same thing holds true for our moods. A bad mood should be regarded exactly as we regard bad breath. Why are you inflicting it on me, or why am I inflicting it on you? It's just not right. That's why one should endeavor as much as possible to act as happy as possible as often as possible. And just about anyone can do this. No matter how unhappy you may feel at any given moment, you can and have to make a decision on how to act. We may not be free to control whether we feel sad or happy, but we are free to control whether or not we present a happy countenance to others. That doesn't mean we don't share how we feel with our best friends, including hopefully our spouse. Of course we can, and without overdoing it, we should. You know, I, I'm really sad. I had this problem at work today. I have this problem with my marriage. I have this problem with my kid. I have this problem with my parents. But you don't inflict a bad mood on anybody. That's a different thing altogether. We all have the capacity to control how we express ourselves, no matter how we feel. I can prove it. Imagine someone who is just acting miserably to his or her spouse when somebody comes to the door. Have you ever noticed how nicely such a person will treat the stranger? How are they able in a split second to go from inflicting their awful mood on their spouse to acting beautifully toward the stranger who's at the door? Obviously, we can control our moods. Or how about this? Let's say you are chronically in a bad mood and I offered you $10,000 a week not to be in a bad mood. Do you think this would affect your ability to be in a good mood? I suspect so. And to be honest, we even have the power to affect how we feel, not only how we act. Abraham Lincoln famously said that we are as happy as we decide to be. That is exactly what we should decide. Being happier is good for us, and it is what we owe everybody who is in our lives. Becoming happier is another great benefit of acting happy. The happier we act, the happier we will feel. We think that our actions are determined by our feelings, but we have the power to achieve the opposite, to shape our feelings by our actions. How we act influences our feelings more than our feelings should ever be allowed to influence our behavior. So yes, indeed, we do have a moral obligation to be, or at least to act, happy. The happy make the world better, and the unhappy make it worse. Happiness is a huge issue. Lincoln was right. We are as happy as we decide to be. And it's time to make that decision. There are so many people that walk around daily getting up in the morning and going to bed unhappy. There's nothing you can do to make them happy because they're so negative. You have to evaluate every situation through the day. Are you looking at a half glass or a full glass? Why would it be full glass for somebody and half for the other? There's so much to be thankful for. When my children smile, I pray with them every night, and I ask them to do their intentions. And one night they says, I don't know what to pray for, to be grateful. I says, you can't think anything, no. I says, did you walk today? Did you pick up something with your arms? 
You can thank God for your legs, for your arms, for your health. Did you look around everything you saw today? You have eyes. There is so much to be thankful for. The saints have taught us over and over, the more you're grateful, the more God wants to give you gifts. The line for that is gratefulness begets another favor. And when you're grateful, you'll be happy. You'll have joy in your heart. There's so many people out there who are not happy, and they don't want anybody else to be happy. You can't be happy for somebody else being happy. We played a song on Radio Way before that explains this perfectly.
What do we think of this? There are many people out there that are not happy. And for somebody to achieve something or do something or happy, they can't be happy for them because in many ways they want to be that way. So they despise it. They can't be happy for somebody else. Wish me luck. Be proud for a friend. They criticize. Hey, 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 why do you always want to put me down? It's a miserable life when you're this way. And a lady doesn't want that. Prager brought it up about a moral issue. What? Happiness. Happiness is a moral issue. That's why he dwells so many messages speaking about being happy. And we know that from our lady that there's an importance for our being joyful in life and our witness, especially when troubles befall us or difficulties. Whatever your situation is at this moment, it could be financial, physical, it could be something spiritual. It doesn't matter what state in life you're in. Our Lady is calling you as her apostle to be a joyful witness. No one wants to follow somebody who's gloom and doom. There's people you know that as soon as you see them coming, you want to go the other direction. It's so depressing. To be LA's apostle, a primary walk is a joyful witness. And your happiness in your life displayed in the right way will lead others to conversion because they want to imitate that. They want to be happy except those who are determined never to be happy. Going back to Michelle's articles about simplifying your life in 2020, she states, spend less time on social media in 2020. That's a no-brainer. I've heard more than one person who uses Facebook says that they believe it's from the devil, and yet they keep using it. So we have Our Lady speaking to us, her aversion to the media. She's referred to the lion voices, which broadcast these worldwide in the times we live in. So it's clear that Our Lady has renounced these forms of media, television, newspapers, and those who speak to us with false things and false glitter. But Our Lady, if you really look at what she's doing, she's coming to be our media. She's the voice that gives us the important news that we really need to know for our time and our future to the end of the world. She's our media reporting the inside discussions of heaven. Think about that. That's very profound. She is our media between us and God. July 17, 1986. Reflect upon why I am here this long. I am the mediatrix. But if you break that word down, it's media. I am the media between you and God. You might say that's not theologically correct. But the word media is there to make the point. And her messages are the slant for the, all the world to understand what news we get, what we are bombarded with through the media. If that's the case, then we who know Our Lady and get our news from her, we put the slant on the world, and then we are the media to others. Our Lady says this December 29, 1982. 
through your intermediary, I want to lead people to holiness. That's media in there, the intermedia. That's who you are. Michelle continued about the negative thoughts that comes through all the Facebooks, Twitter, Instagram, Snapchat, all these things, comparing yourself to others, does nothing but try to keep you up with the Joneses, and it does not bring happiness. Our lady lets us in on a secret. She says, if we do not pray, we cannot be happy because we will be empty and unsatisfied. We think, I'll be happy when my spouse is better, or my children, or convert, or my job. All these things get better, and I can have more money. Our lady says the reason we are unhappy. On January 25th, 1997, I invite you to reflect about the future. You are creating a new world without God, only with your own strength, and that is why you are unsatisfied and without joy in the heart. That is why, little children, I invite you again to pray, no matter what befalls you. Dennis Prager talks about unhappiness in this three-minute clip. You know, everybody wants to be happy. So why isn't everybody happy? The obvious answer is, it's not easy. And one of the single biggest obstacles to being happy is that people naturally compare themselves to other people and assume nearly all of them are happier than they are. This is a big problem. So how would you like an equation to determine the exact amount of unhappiness in your life? Well, I am here to tell you that I have developed an equation. It is U equals I minus R. U is unhappiness, I is image, and R is reality. The difference between the images you have had for your life and the reality of your life is the amount of unhappiness in your life, which gives you an idea of how powerful images are in hurting us. It's inevitable. Everybody has an image. As you grow up, you imagine what life will be when you get older. I had very, very powerful images, if I may be personal, and it'll help here to be personal because I have gone through this. I imagined that I would be happily married, have four perfect children sitting around the table discussing politics and theology uh, every meal. Well, it didn't quite turn out that way. My kids didn't always want to talk about theology and politics. Sometimes they didn't want to talk at all. Sometimes they wanted to talk about sports or about music that I couldn't stand. Now, I had to realize very early in my life that I would either have to abandon my image or I would be miserable the rest of my life. And this is true for just about everybody. Very few people live out the image that they had assumed their life would follow and become. I thought I would be the CEO. I thought I would be a president. I thought I'd be the president of the United States. I thought I would be earning this amount of money. I thought I would be one of the most respected members of my community. Images kill people. This is true for whatever images we have in our life. People imagine family life a certain way. They imagine a spouse a certain way. They imagine their children a certain way. They imagine their job a certain way. They imagine a whole host of things. And then those images are very often shattered. So what do you do about it? 
Well, there are two things. One, either develop a new image and enjoy that, or just celebrate the reality that you now have. Maybe the reality you now have is pretty good. You don't need an image to ruin it, because I promise you that that's exactly what the image will do. And that is why U equals I minus R. Unhappiness equals image minus reality. The more happiness in your life means the less negative in your life. And you naturally fall into a position of being happy. Few people really get to experience joy and see the happiness. Our children here, preschool, are constantly happy. We talked about them many, many times. But if you come here, they're like watching kittens. It always brings a smile to you. They reflect their happiness in us just by watching them. Everything in the future is impacted by Medjugorje. So we have to start reflecting on our future. What's most important? Money, love, happiness? A lady says, the love of God and love of neighbor is above all else, and it is found in what we value. March 25th, 1996, I invite you to decide to love God above all else. In this time, when due to the spirit of consumerism, one forgets what it means to love and to cherish true values. October 2nd, 2014, Our Lady says, I implore you, love one another. Why? Because those who are difficult to love, you have to do that. Even if you consider them an enemy, you have to love and you have to pray for your enemy. Our Lady continues, May there be in your hearts, as my son desired from the very beginning, love for the Heavenly Father. And then she equates it this way, And for your neighbor in the first place, above everything of this world. Wow. You want to make it to eternity? you got to love your neighbor. you got to love your enemy. In the first place, right next to God the Father. Our Lady continues, do you not recognize the signs of the times? It is all around you. All that is happening is because there is no love. And then she says, comprehend that salvation is the true values. Dennis Prager, with his last clip, speaks of this, of what matters most in life. I'm going to talk to you about the most important thing you will ever have. Now try to guess what that might be. For example, is it money? Well, it's certainly better to have money than not to, but it's definitely not the most important thing you can have. Just ask all the rich people who are very unhappy. Or even better, read about what's happened to most of the people who win tens of millions of dollars in a lottery. Most of these people actually became less happy, not more. So all right then, what about love? Is that the most important thing you can ever have? Well, love sure is important. I can't imagine living without it. I treasure the love of my friends and the love of my family. But if you don't have the thing I'm about to tell you, you won't receive much love at all. So let's try a third answer. Happiness. Well, that too is very, very important. Who wants to be unhappy? 
But again, without the thing I will tell you about, there would be little happiness in the world. So here goes. The most important thing you will ever have is, drum roll please, good values. Yes, good values. Now I know that may sound boring, and I realize that it's possible that you may have never really thought about values or even know what I'm talking about. So let me explain. A value is something you think is more important than anything else. More important than money, more important even than love, and even more important than happiness. And above all, values are what you consider to be more important than your feelings. This is very hard for a lot of people to believe because we live in a time when people think that how they feel about something is more important than anything else. But that isn't so. Here's a simple example of the conflict between a feeling and a value. Just about everyone feels like eating junk food. Uh, but there's a big problem here. If you eat whatever you feel like eating, you will end up obese and unhealthy. So then, what is it that stops people from eating all the food they feel like eating? The answer is a value. That's right, a value. And what is that value? Not getting obese and staying healthy. There is, in other words, a necessary battle that goes on inside of most people. The battle between what they feel, in this case the desire to eat junk food, and a value that they hold, in this case staying healthy and looking good. Now as important as a healthy body is, this conflict between what we feel like doing and values is even more important when it comes to how we treat other people, not just ourselves. Here's one that will make you think. Imagine you're walking on a beach with the dog you love, when all of a sudden you look out at the water and you see your dog drowning. And imagine, too, that at the same time, about a hundred feet from your dog, a person you don't know, a stranger, is also drowning. Now, which would you try to save first? Uh, just about anyone who loves their pet would feel like saving their pet first. But what if you value human life even more than an animal's life? And you probably do. After all, you probably eat animals, but you wouldn't eat a human being. Then your value, the unique preciousness of human life, is in conflict with your feelings for your dog. Here's another example. Imagine you are about to take an important test at school. If you cheat on that test, you'll be able to avoid failing and maybe even get into some great school. But what if you have a value, what we call a moral value, that cheating is wrong? You sure feel like cheating, but if you have moral values, you know it's wrong to. Again, that battle between your feelings and a value. Almost everything that is wrong with the world comes from people either not having higher moral values or not living by them because they feel they want to do something else. People who murder feel like murdering and they do what they feel rather than live by the value of preserving human life. People who steal feel that they want the thing that they steal. So they take what they feel like having rather than live by the value of not stealing. The list is pretty much endless. And that's why good values are the most important thing any of us can ever have. Without them, the world would be a very terrible place.
And finally, know this. The best people you know, meaning the nicest, kindest, and most honest, are people who battle their feelings every day of their lives. So should you. What is their values? What do we feel? Oh, they just told us a few days ago, February 25th. You are so flooded by earthly concerns. You do not even feel, just exactly what Peggy was just saying. You do not even feel that spring is at the threshold. What is our lady saying there? That this is going to be a different world. Something's coming. We're on the threshold. That's a hint. And, of course, this message is agrarian. As nature fights in silence for its new life, also you are called to open yourselves to prayer to God. And you will find peace and warmth of the spring sun in your hearts. You mean the sun up there in the sky that brings warmth? That's going to be in our hearts? will be annihilated. Symbolically, S-U-N is S-O-N. She's showing us how to be happy, how to have these things. We're on the threshold of great moments, great things to happen. Going back to simplifying your life, Michelle, the blogger was writing about, she gives a last thought about simplifying your life. Number 18, sit in peace to simplify your day. She says, we all live in a world that is constantly moving and making noise. What a lady's message says on the 25th, whom you will find peace and warmth in the spring sun. Going back to Michelle, however, when was the last time you sat down in complete silence with no distractions? Sitting silently can help you reflect on life and what's going on in the world around you. You can try something easy by turning off the radio while you're in the car or waiting in the grocery store or checkout line with that check on your phone. By clearing out these distractions, you will probably find that your mind lets your focus on what's important. And that's what I already said. What she proceeded with with the message of February 2nd, 2020. My children, fold your hands and look at the cross in silence. Look at the cross. Only in the cross is salvation. So we end with this practical advice of Our Lady, who invites us just to sit in peace, to simplify our day, where you can open yourselves to God through prayer and feel the warmth of the spring sun in your hearts. And so we end all these thoughts with the message of February 13, 1986. Dear children, this Lent is a special incentive for you to change. Start from this moment. Turn off the television. Renounce various things that are of no value. Dear children, I am calling you individually to conversion this season is for you. And with that, I wish you, Our Lady, in the spring. We love you. Goodbye.
The subject matter contained in this presentation is based on biblical principles and designed to give you accurate and authoritative information with regard to the subject matter covered. It is provided with the understanding that neither the presenter nor the broadcaster is engaged to render legal, accounting, or other professional advice. Since your situation is fact-dependent, you may wish to additionally seek the services of an appropriately licensed legal, accounting, real estate, or investment professional. This ends the Medjinomics broadcast with a friend of Medjugorje. These broadcasts are available as CDs, which are sent directly to your doorstep on a monthly subscription. For information, contact Caritas in the U.S. at 205-672-2000.